Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Sharing Socks, the post-pitchers duel of the season so far, and maybe of the season to be version. I am uh, Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen, with me my son and West Coast correspondent Will, and behind him a picture of Lucas Giolito, who was terrific last night. We are recording this on Wednesday afternoon before Wednesday night's game which could be interesting, too. Uh, That's going to be Zach Plezak against uh, Carlos Rodon, who had missed his spot in the term because of a stomach problem, because the Sox don't have Plezak at all. So uh, normally, I hope they do tonight. Yeah. But last night's game, I, 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 had, I had the coverage, and I had done the pregame with pitcher's duel, exclamation point, pitcher's duel, exclamation point. And then I said in there, you know, when you say that, it's going to be 11-9 or something, but let's hope. And boy, it lived up to everything. Giolito was fantastic. He threw a few more pitches uh, than Shane Bieber and had to leave earlier, but they were both terrific. And unless you are a dinger-obsessed person, that was an incredible baseball game for nine innings. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was absolutely outstanding for nine innings. Like those, both of those pitchers, I mean, talk about living up to it. Like, Giolito just, there was something else it even felt like behind him last night. A confidence and a swagger that was even greater than we've seen from him. He felt like an absolute undeniable major league ace last night. And and he did not let us down. It was incredible. He He only made it through seven compared to Shane Bieber, but... 
in a sport where now we're thrilled of starting pitchers go five, I'll take the seven innings of shutout baseball. They brought him out for the eighth, probably a mistake, um, but it didn't end up costing anything at the time. No. And then the relief pitching until the temp uh, was excellent too, uh, which was really nice because Evan Marshall, who had stunk earlier, and you're thinking, oh boy, it's one of those relief pitcher things. We're just going to, he's gone for the year. And he's had two terrific appearances in a row. I mean, that the night before the bases loaded, nobody out thing, hold him to one run. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I agree. Really, and then Liam Hendricks, who had stunk earlier, had his first fine performance of the year. Uh, Tony LaRusa had, I think, a typically stupid performance. Hendricks threw 13 pitches in the ninth inning. Why wasn't he out for the 10th? 13 pitches. I think he can handle some more. 13 pitches and looking good, you know? Yeah, yeah. 13 pitches and nobody's touching anything. Yeah. Nine, nine of them were strikes and, and just boof, right through them. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. Sarusa has done virtually nothing right in terms of pitching changes this year. I mean, almost all of them are wrong for some reason or another. Um, but I will say on your point with, with uh, Marshall, the dude is back. Whatever fears we had to, to worry about him, he's going to be. No, his his, his changeup last night, as we're talking, this would be Tuesday night, his changeup was fantastic. It was like the Giolito changeup. It's like they never changed pitchers. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was exceptional. And Hendricks also just looked like the guy we signed. Um, I would have loved to have seen him come out for another inning. Ultimately, the game got screwed by the extra inning rule. I mean, talk about a game we would have been talking about most of the season if it wasn't for that. You know, this yeah. was this was so great. The last, you know, big hyped pitchers duel for the the White Sox that I got to watch in person was when Chris Sale visited for the first time after we traded him to Boston. And we were going to see Chris Sale at at that time, I think it was still the cell. We we're going to see Chris Sale at the cell against Jose Quintana, the guy who was supposedly our ace that year. I got great seats, took some buddies, and both pitchers were gone in the third inning after throwing <laughs> yeah. 100 pitches. Well, that's, um, that's what I had said on my write-up. What usually happens when you say pitchers do, pitchers do, is that they're gone by the fourth. <laughs> I, think, I think the game ended up going about five hours and 15 minutes and was 14 to nine or something like that. I'm glad you brought up the time because, and I, and I forgot to look at the final time, but it, the game, of course, because of extra innings and because uh, Bieber really was gone in the ninth inning and needed 27 pitches to get through that one after 86 pitches for eight innings. Yeah. Incredible. That game at the end of seven was an hour and 45 minutes. It was like a Mark Burley game. And both pitchers, and that's the great pitchers do it and the crap pitchers don't. They get the ball and they throw the ball. There's no walking around the mound, no playing with the, with the, the horizon, no, you know, playing with your hat and you're looking in your hat to see what your pitch is supposed to be. No shaking off four signs and then the catcher's got to go back to the whole repertoire. They get the ball. They throw the ball, and they're great, <laughs> and nobody yeah. can hit the ball. I mean, you you see it in Giolito. You also see it in Liam Hendricks. Um, they rest between innings. They don't rest between pitches. 
When they go with Hendricks is if he gets upset about a pitch, he's got to do that. That that he's Australian. He's got to do a walkabout. <laughs> right. Well, it's a great walkabout, and then he's all business. He's he's still business, and you see him taking those deep breaths. And same with Giolito. They are they give a deep breath, and then they're ready to go again. I'm. It, it was so great, and it makes that extra inning rule even more infuriating that we had to lose this great pitchers duel that. I think at the time we went into extra innings, it was only about two hours and 40 minutes into the game. And then it all just gets thrown. Boy, yeah, yeah. It just, all just gets thrown. <laughs> and Bieber, that Bieber curveball. That, that's Not incredible. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. I, I tweeted last night, if I, if I in my, my prime of, of hitting, which was never that good, but in my <laughs> prime of hitting, if I faced that pitch a thousand times, I'd hit it zero. Even if he said, Will, I'm throwing you the knuckle curve, it's going to come in exactly at your knees over the middle of the plate, and I would miss a thousand times out of a thousand. It's it's like uh, Manuel Rivera's uh, cutter. Rivera threw a cutter 99% of the time. Everybody knew a cutter was coming. It didn't matter. Absolutely. It It was going exactly where he wanted to put it. And that was the same thing with Bieber. He he had a couple. I don't think he actually hung any, but he had a, a couple that were higher than he would have liked he, them. He got been. away with a couple pitches in the ninth. Um, that being said, yeah, well, he was. He, it went terrible. I, and, and and Mercedes did his job uh, by making him work. It was a seven pitch at bat. I think that was the first time any at bat went beyond five. Well, and so he made him throw some extra pitches, uh, and that kind of tired him out for the other guys. But of course, we couldn't score anyway. He didn't. He he didn't have a three ball count until the ninth. Until the ninth, no three ball counts. Absolutely phenomenal pitching. I mean, it's not like we discovered Shane Bieber last night. He's he's (laughs) been pretty spectacular for years. But but he had not been spectacular this year. He'd walked nine guys in 12 innings. Of course, he'd also also struck out 24 in 12 innings. It was also just a really smart game plan of hitting the good hitters constantly with the great knuckle curve. And then on the, with the bad hitters, he was essentially resting by throwing fastballs. You know, he's with guys like Mendick and, and, you know, Jake Lamb and Nick Williams, of course, you can, you can waste some fastballs on those guys. Though Mendick had the hardest hit ball the Sox had by far. His single was like 104 something, which was second only to uh, uh, Jose Ramirez that shot down to first that uh, Jose did, Jose Abreu did a great job of knocking down because that, that would have been a run. I mean, that, that, that runner's going fast runner on first it would have been a run 100 percent. i mean that that play was i mean there's some luck involved in in snagging that ball but terrifying first off that <laughs> that ball coming at you and man he made that look easy he's he's really really impressing me as a first baseman on some of those tougher plays these days yeah from from of course we learned the night before you, you uh, with the throw that hit Grandal in the head that shouldn't have ever been thrown, but thank you. Uh, but it's not easy to make that one six or three yeah, three six three double play or three six one double play, which he does constantly. It's hard to do because you know you got a base runner, you got to work around, and he he does that 
throw back there so well. Anyhow, the rest of the week, the rest of the week, uh, we saw every starting pitcher, I think, once. Uh, five games, there were two days off in there. Oh, Carlos Rodon did not pitch. Because Lance Lynn was awesome. I mean, awesome. <laughs> Talk about, like, you know, all we did was sort of mouth off of recently about how that Dane Dunning deal isn't looking so good. And then Lance Lynn comes out and shuts me up. That <laughs> yeah. was incredible. Truly incredible. Now, Dunning is proving to be no slouch in Texas as well. However, uh, you know, if Lance Lynn's going to go out there and do that, then he's going to – Yeah, I mean, well, he's supposed to eat innings, and he ate as many as you can eat. He ate them all. He ate them all. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Lance Lynn also looks like maybe he eats a couple innings. uh, Yeah, he's he's, he's eating things besides innings in his day. Yeah, but he – I mean, he was just absolute lights out absolute lights out incredible to see it was kind of the most seeing the pitchers duel last night was exciting it was the best game I've watched in a long time but seeing Lance Lynn do what he did was certainly the closest thing to hope I've had since the beginning of the (laughs) season uh since we still don't score runs yeah, we're going to get, let's get into that later on the hitting which is incredible but uh and our defense defense last night was good but they didn't have much work to do because nobody hit the ball hard after you lead on or very few were other than the one we already talked about. Um, Dylan Cease on the starting pitch, I think looked much better, not, not ready for the Cy Young quite yet, but he looked much better confidence there. Still Dallas Keuchel. Yes. This time he was not his usual, he had a usual rest, but he didn't have uh, the many hours of prep. I don't know. Starting pitchers, but he, special breakfast or something, but he, he didn't have that. He's still, you know, the, the, the book is out. Yeah. You know, I know this is, is going to sound crazy, but, and I think maybe I've said this before, but Keiko has been my biggest question mark for this rotation this year. You know, Keiko was amazing last year. Um, and we knew that that could not hold at the level he was last year. He's just, He's just not that pitcher anymore. The biggest concern for me is that he is doing the opposite of Lance Lynn, uh, and innings are eating him. And yeah, he, came, he came out, uh, was it the fifth? Yeah. And, and it was totally, it was, it was 50, it was 60 pitches, and he was shot. Shot. And he didn't, it's not like he rears back and throws 100 every time. So that's not a good he sign. He doesn't rear back and throw 100 ever. He doesn't rear back and throw 91 ever. Like, you know, we still have never heard why he started spring training late. Yeah. And they are not allowed to, unless the player gives permission, say a medical reason other than a baseball-related, an injury thing. Now, could it have been COVID or something else that was a little draining on him? Don't know, but he has not shown any stamina at all at this point. No, I, I think he's he's going to end up in a lot of ways being our number five uh, this year and I, I think if we do get set up for a playoff situation there's a chance you don't see Kai Cole throw the throw one of the first two games in the playoff series he's just no I think I think right now you would see Giolito I mean obviously we're in April they yeah. change uh, but right now you would see Giolito and Lynn and depending on what happens tonight Carlos Rodon could be your number three yeah, Don't I mean, we, we really got to see a game from Rodon again before we're we're all yeah. really jumping on the Rodon bandwagon real quick, which 
I'm very excited about as well. I, I hope for nothing but the best for Rodon. But we, we definitely need to see him pitch a few more times. Uh, and we need to see him, most importantly, stay healthy, which, as we know, it's, it's kind of his, his downfall most That's of the time. Perennial problem, yeah. Maybe yeah. the Tommy John did something for it. Uh, bullpen, meanwhile, we've talked about the recovery. Uh, Foster got a couple of guys out uh, last night. I don't know that that necessarily means anything, but uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, at least he got somebody out. He didn't do that before. Uh, and uh, yeah, Crochet. Well, Crochet's know. big problem is he has no clue how to play the position. Yeah. I mean, I, I've rarely seen a pitcher – have less of a clue of how to field from first uh, from the pitcher's mound. It's, it's really shocking. I'm sure it's just rookie stuff and kind of adjusting to the speed of, of the base runners and that kind of thing. But he's, he's really pretty dreadful coming off the mound. Um, That being said, you know, he's 15 years old, so we're going to have a chance to to see him improve greatly. I've got no concern about crochet moving forward. Uh, I really don't have bullpen concerns at all at this point. Um, my biggest concern, and we should take a break and come back and talk about it, is how we can't score any runs ever, uh, which is shocking. So let's take a quick break, and we will uh, we'll talk about hitting or lack thereof. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. We've dissected some pretty stellar White Sox pitching uh, thus far in the season, and now we're going to talk about something that's not as stellar, unless your name is Yermeen, uh, and that's going to be hitting. Yermeen <laughs> is 16 for uh, 37, 33. 16 for 33 at this point. He had it out last night to go under 500. The team is hitting 224. If you take out your mean 16 for 33, the White Sox as a team, and you've got two guys who are hitting well, as, but including those guys, as a team, they're hitting 198. Wow. 198. And that gap is even bigger than it was a couple of days ago. So yes. it's getting worse and worse. Yes, you don't hit Shane Bieber. Nobody hits Shane Bieber. That's not a big deal. But they have managed to not hit some pretty trashy pitchers and uh, they're not hitting any you know they had one game in seattle where they hit well and that's it two they've had two games they have this five runs a game so that looks pretty good right but they have two 22 of those 55 runs have come in two games 
Wow. Otherwise, uh, now they've always scored three. Uh, they just kind of constantly, three was like the limit the rest of the time, of course, until the, the zero last night. But yeah, it's terrible. And I, hold it, I, I, I'm going to have to bring my uh, phone back up here, but I've got, I've got the page ready. Okay, going down the lineup on baseball reference, Yasmani Grandal, 154. Jose Abreu, 209. Now, Jose, of course, had the two grand slams, but he has a total of nine RBIs. So other than the two grand slams, he has one RBI in 11 <laughs> games. Nick Madrigal, 219. Danny Mendick, who's been great and who will lose his job and who knows what's going to happen uh, Thursday when Tim Anderson comes back. But Mendick's hitting 417. So, wow. Juan Moncada, 179. And I still, I still think, I mean, I don't doubt his skills by any mention, but I still think I would just worry about his health. And I wonder if the team didn't know something when they brought in Jake Lamb at the last minute. It's possible. Why do you get a third baseman at the last minute? I mean, uh, Yohan, I, I'm still not worried about Yohan. Um, I I think he's, you know, just got to get back in the groove. He's he's making some really good plays from third, and he seems to be running okay. I, I'm not too worried about it. I don't think he's going to necessarily get back to those 2019 numbers, but I, I think we'll see him – bounce back and 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 hit around in the maybe like 270 range which would be great because as you've just listed off no one hits that uh Andrew Vaughn 143 I think Vaughn's got to go down and and this Vaughn left field thing you know, well just what I've got his name up the other the last Kansas City game that would have been Sunday they had a guy on second, left-handed batter up, once playing shallow. And I, his catching has been okay. You know, Ground ball through to left field, directly in front of him. So he's coming straight in. He's shallow to begin with. The runner on second was at least two, maybe three steps from third base when Vaughn got the ball. And they didn't hesitate to send that guy home at all. And he scored easily. The ball never got the plate. I think it got cut off. You can't, and yes, left fielders, as a rule, do not have good arms. That's why they're in left field. But you can't be that bad. You can't be so, they can't be so bad that a team has total confidence. But you can't throw a guy you also out. Have to keep in mind, you also have to keep in mind, if you were a major league team and the ball was hit to left field and the guy playing left field was not a left fielder, you're sending the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know he doesn't have an arm. He's a first baseman. Yeah, and he's never had to make those throws. He's been a first baseman. So if he he could develop an arm, I don't even know. But it's tough to hate on the guy for being thrown. Not hating on him. I'm I'm just saying I don't don't think you put him in left field. I'm not saying you are. Oh, I totally agree. He is absolutely not a major league outfielder yet. You know, if they were – had they known they were going to have two injured outfielders at the start of spring training, he could have started doing long toss and been long tossing every day for a month and a half. But I think the fact of the matter is, is that Andrew Vaughn and left is not the answer. It's just not the answer. We need an actual outfielder out there. And you know, that pretty much also doesn't include Nick Williams, but uh, (laughs) he's, he's a little better in the field. 
but he can't hit anything. I don't know if he even has a hit this year. I don't think he does. Neither neither Nick Williams nor Jake Lamb has a hit. They're both hit both batting zero. Lamb has had very, very few at bats, but very Nick few. And actually he gave us a, a thrilling he gave us a thrilling final of yeah, that last yeah. night. It wasn't it wasn't actually a hard hit ball, but it was hit in the right place, but just not quite far. He enough. almost got away with a, a real, real cheap uh, shot. Real, real cheap one. Luis Robert going on through the list here, two twenty-seven. I, and I think Vaughn goes down. And I, I think it's funny, not funny to him, but uh, that they don't play contract games with Vaughn. And it turns out they should have. Yeah. <laughs> they could, could have saved a year at no cost to the team whatsoever. Yeah. Roberts hitting 227. Eaton is doing well, especially lately. He's been, he's been hitting very well. He's, he's at 263. Uh, 10 RBIs leads the team. So he, he's hitting well. Leury. Oh, 107. 107. Zach they Collins really, is becoming they Zach Collins. looks bad across the board. Yes. His throws are so weak from shortstop. He's got no arm from over there right now. He made a nice stop on a ball last night during the fiasco inning, but it didn't matter. I mean. Well, I don't think anybody makes a play on that. I, oh, of I, course I, not. Of course I not. I think that's all you can do. No, I'm just saying, like, he, he did flash some leather there, but, you know, there was no play anyway. Uh, he has uh, just looked terrible. I mean, I don't I don't think he can play much longer. Nine strikeouts and 28 at-bats to go along with it. Um, and he, well, the team has drawn walks very well. Now, a lot of that's because they had a couple of games where pitchers couldn't find home plate. You know, the GPS, and they had 10 walks in one game and nine in another. But they are drawing walks, which... You know, for those those of us who have been going for years, you got to throw. Come on, God, take a walk. We didn't mean instead of getting hits. We were kind of thinking of it as being an addition. That would be. <laughs> I don't think they understood. So maybe we just confused them, and somebody I needs mean, to. The only that. thing, besides your mean, really, offense-wise, that's been great. Has been that we are watching guys take a lot of walks as Chicago White Sox, which is not something we've done, I think, in my lifetime. Um, so if they can hit and keep doing that, which is a big if, because you know, if if they stop being patient, they're just going to start swinging at everything. Uh, we, we're going to have a potent offense, but my goodness, it, it, we got to pray that Tim comes back tomorrow and reignites this thing. Uh, and Tim is only hitting 200. I think he still ignites it, even hitting 200, but he's only hitting 200. Uh, Zach Collins is becoming Zach Collins-ish again after uh, the great spring. He's hitting 200 and striking out a whole bunch of times. Uh, seven strikeouts, 20 at-bats. Uh, oh. And then Williams. And the, the other guy who, who was hitting decently and the very pleasant surprise offensively was Billy Hamilton is hitting 273. Uh, could use him back. But I think he comes back, whichever, whoever comes back first, Angle or Hamilton, I think Vaughn has to go to Charlotte. And uh, absolutely, still, still April, he goes to Schaumburg. We're not going to uh, have, we're not going to have room for him. Uh, we just don't. And it's, it's not even his fault. The guy's never, you know, he's never batted above single A. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. he has no experience. I, I, am, I think you send Vaughn down, but keep your expectation that he's going to be really good because I, I do actually think Andrew Vaughn, could potentially be really good. He looks like a crazy deer in headlights at all times. Um, 
but that's probably oh, the best oh, yeah. I think the future's fine. He just has no background to, to go on. He, he just got thrown into the major leagues out of nowhere. Thrown into the major leagues and then thrown into a position you've never played in the major league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, combined is, the two. This is insane. This is insane to have this guy playing pro baseball. He's, he, I personally believe he's going to be a great hitter at some point. He's just not going to be a great hitter if he's coming up the, and we're playing Shane Bieber. <laughs> I mean, come on, give the guy a chance. I know he didn't really bat yesterday, but give the guy a chance. You know, let let him work out the swing and, and give him some time with the with his hitting coaches because making him come up to the big leagues, even if he's ready to hit, if he's scared crapless in left field for nine innings, that's going to affect you at the plate too. You're going to be in your head the entire time. You're going to be – it is not easy to play big league outfield, even left field which is the easiest of the three, it is still incredibly difficult to catch a ball that is hit 112 miles an hour slicing violently away from you. He's actually made a couple outstanding catches that he misplayed and then made great catches, and I give him credit for even making those. But, yeah. He's, so let's let's say Vaughn let's say in our our sage advice Vaughn goes down and and spends some time with the minors and really has a chance to hit Triple A pitching for at least a month or so uh, before you consider bringing him back up again maybe more maybe he spends a season down there and you wasted a year of the contract and that's bad management. Um, then the infield situation gets I mean when Timmy comes back he comes off the IL tomorrow thursday what do you do there mendic is one of the only guys on the team hitting the ball i don't think magical's defense is, is after a very shaky start has been fine and in, in fact in a couple of cases excellent in the last couple of games um i think you have to stick with him now leuri becomes the question and he's you know it's a major league contract and it's couple million bucks two or three right yeah i think um and he's your magic man who can play anywhere he's pitched (laughs) in uh, some 15th or 16th innings uh but do you send mendic back down uh, who's hitting 400 something and i i I do danny mendic's not gonna hit 400 for any length of time i think once pitchers get used to, oh yeah, this guy's up. I, I better, we better learn how to how to make a book on this guy. I think he becomes Danny Mendick again. But at the moment, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if it were me, I keep Mendick and I put him at second base, and I do actually sit Madrigal because Mendick has shown us that he should be. In the lineup, he should be. But somebody's got to go off the off the roster. Somebody's got to go off the twenty five man. I don't think that's magical. No, I think I think Leori has to go. My other option would be Lamb. And yes. I don't know if Phil sent him down just because they just got their new toy. However, he is the one that I think is least valuable to us overall. Just because hopefully Mankata's gonna be oh. it. Hopefully Mankata's gonna be around and it's gonna be strong. 
I mean, you can use Mendick in a couple places. I don't know how well Lamb does in other places in the field. I'm sure he could probably play. He can play third or first, and we got 123 guys can play first. Exactly. And and even if he can play second, you still have Mendick, who will be a better second baseman. You still have Madrigal, who will probably be a better second baseman. So I, I kind of think I would get rid of Lamb just because Lurie's a switch hitter. And I don't necessarily want. But he's not. He's not a guy with good splits left-handed. True. I mean that. That's also true. However, Lurie can play left field. Well, and that's the thing. He can play. Well, he can play anywhere in the outfield. He's played center last year and and, and yeah. the year before when the, when need be. Uh, not great, but he can do it. And obviously, Billy Hamilton can do it too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got outfield positions, infield positions. I think Mendick can play third. Uh, so if you got rid of Lamb, you still have a backup at third. And Leary can play third. He hasn't played there much, but he can. I, I think Mendick could probably handle third. Um, I, I think he played a little there last year filling in for you because know, yeah. Yuan was shaky. Uh, uh, oh, he definitely wise. did. He definitely did. Yeah. I, I think it's he's just a little more valuable. And I think Lowry, even though his offense has been terrible, it is good to have a true utility player. I mean, there aren't many in the game where you can kind of put them anywhere. And Lowry, you can you can really kind of do that still. Uh, and, of course, Angle's going to be back. So, ideally, he's going to be your left fielder, your starting left fielder. Um <laughs> And then so, Hamilton comes back. We get Angle and Hamilton back. Yeah, that's true. And and Hamilton is valuable for a few reasons. Um, and he has shown us that actually he should be on a big league roster this year. So I, I would definitely Oh, oh yeah, William Williams goes. Yeah. When, when the two of them are back, Vaughn goes down to get some training and Williams goes. Well, I think I think you 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 say goodbye to Williams, Vaughn, and Lamb for the time being. All right, we'll see what we'll see what happens in the real world. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's Larusa, so uh, obviously Nick Williams will be starting in center field for some reason, and Jake Lamb will be pitching, uh, and Andrew Vaughn will be uh, playing shortstop. Shortstop's short good. <laughs> um, well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, it was a really fun game to watch last night. It really made me uh, not that I was in any danger of falling out of love with baseball, but man, seeing a great pitcher's duel just reignites your passion for the game. Uh, and it was cool on Twitter seeing so many people excited about great pitching. Uh, you, you always get excited about the home runs and stuff like that. But last night, the talk of Twitter was, was change-ups and knuckle curves. And that was just was, kind of a cool. It was just two masters of the art at work. And it was a, just a pleasure to watch him. Yeah, the 10th inning was not a pleasure, but to, when those two guys were in there, boy, it was nice. And it was also really cool to see our ace really go toe-to-toe with the ace. So, I mean, that that was just a really great feeling as a White Sox fan to see Giolito go out there, and you don't doubt for a second that he could win a game up against Shane Bieber. He was, he was just incredible. Bieber, of course, had a slightly better day, but, you know... If Giolito gives you that, you should win every time. Every time. Uh, but we'll see because he will pitch again before we talk next week. 
Uh, and we'll, we'll get to see what happens there. Let's, let's uh, send good vibes to Carlos Rodon today. I'm looking forward to that. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, and Lance Lynn will pitch again before we come back. So we, we get to see, you know, once a week, we should see everybody in the rotation and, and see how it goes. And I hope, I hope the, uh, the uh, relief pitching can, can continue as it's been the last few days. It's been really good. Uh, and the hitting, I mean, obviously some of these guys are going to hit eventually. Some of them I don't know that they hit at all. But we have guys who are proven very, very fine hitters. They just They say hitting's contagious, and boy, they have all come down with it. So usually when I ask the geezer if he has final thoughts, he says no. And this week he's desperately trying to convince himself that we're going to start hitting the ball. That should <laughs> tell you where we are <laughs> at this point in our offensive uh, put out uh, this season. It means we're, we're on, on shaky ground still in, in terms of the bats. But, um, yeah, let's hope for some more games like last night. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Sharing Socks. All right, cool. Okay.